You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. And uh, we're going into lesson number 10. Uh, tonight on our series called Better, and the reason that it's called Better is we're talking about the new covenant being better than the old covenant, and I thank God for the new covenant, and uh, just up to now, uh, if you kind of look at some of the chapters we've gone through, uh, chapter uh, one, Jesus is better, um, the writer of Hebrews says, than the angels, and you can go to chapter three, Jesus is better than Moses. Chapter 4, don't go back and miss, obviously, the rest that Jesus gives and provides. Chapter 5 talks about him being better than Aaron, the priesthood. Um, chapter seven, or 6, excuse me, that was chapter 5. Chapter 6 speaks about uh, the promises that Jesus gives. We went into uh, Jesus being uh, better than the priesthood uh, the, after the the order of Melchizedek. Of course, Jesus is eternal. And so I thank, thank the Lord that he's better in priesthood. And then we, we talked about the covenant, uh, the, the, the covenant that has been replaced uh, uh, with the new one. It's not to, that's chapter 8. We talked a little bit and went into chapter 9, 10. We're going to pick up with some of this information tonight. Uh, the old covenant uh, could declare God's standard, um, but could not provide the power that was needed for us to live up to what God's standard was. And so when, I, when I'm talking about, that's the, what God desires of you and I. So the old covenant uh, declared what that was, but the new covenant gives us power to live for what God wants us to do. And that power is the Holy Ghost. The new covenant uh, can't be added to the old covenant. It must replace it. The new covenant is, of course, wrapped up in Jesus Christ and the birth of Christ. And, and you heard some powerful uh, teaching and ministry on Sunday from Brother Woodward on, on this very uh, topic and along these lines. And to have its blessing, of course, you must have Jesus in your life. You can't, you can't accomplish what you need to accomplish without the Lord. It just will not work. And so uh, the old is gone and the new has come. And you see that at the beginning of chapter 9 of Hebrews where we picked up and went through last, last week. The old covenant had ordinances and sacrifices that were ordained by God, but they were always inferior because uh, they were observed in an earthly structure or an earthly sanctuary by human priests. Uh, and the Holy of Holies, the, the, the place was off limits to anyone but the high priest, and that was only once a year. So you see the limits of what the Old Covenant provided. But God, uh, through uh, coming flesh and and, and allowing himself to be born as a man, all man, uh, all God, was, was setting up boundaries for uh, us. And you see 
all the way back to that old covenant. The tabernacle was uh, inaccessible to the people and only to certain individuals. The, its ministry was external and not internal. Uh, the tabernacle was just a temporary solution. It was limited to, at that time, the nation of Israel only. And the tabernacle pointed to something greater, a better covenant. I'm thankful that Jesus came so that we could experience uh, what it was pointing to all along. Amen. Um, it doesn't uh, diminish how important it was for thousands of years. But I'm thankful tonight that uh, the time of reformation has come. The time of salvation has arrived. The time of the incarnation is, uh, uh, took place. I'm thankful for Jesus Christ tonight that we get to live for him the way you and I do. Uh, we, lo we no longer need the pattern. We are actually living in the reality of what the shadow was of what was to come. Thankful it was there, but I'm thankful we are here today. I'm thankful for what that shadow pointed to, a greater and more perfect tabernacle, the blood of Christ instead of the blood of animals, eternal redemption instead of a temporary covering, and the purging of our conscience and not just the purifying of our flesh. We talked uh, along some of these things last week. Jesus died to put the provisions in his last will and testament into effect. He brought that into effect. It's kind of like going to the lawyer and getting it in place. But that wasn't the only thing he did. Hallelujah. When he died, he arose again so that he could be the exact executor of that last will and testament. You don't have to depend on anyone else. He's not dead tonight. He is alive and well. Amen. Here on a Wednesday night, you can come into the presence of God uh, and not have to try to figure out uh, if he's dead or alive. Let me tell you, with, with all assurance, he is alive. Amen. Uh, Paul wrote in Romans 5 and 10, it says, For if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Amen. Thank God. Amen. That he is alive tonight. The Old Testament uh, tabernacle was purified by the sprinkling of blood. The blood did not change the furniture and the building, but it changed God's relationship to the furniture and the building. In the same way, blood must be involved in our New Testament uh, relationship with God. The blood does not uh, change our humanity. It doesn't make you not human. It doesn't. It redeems our humanity. Amen. I'm thankful. It didn't change my humanity. It redeemed my humanity. To say uh, in another way, you could say the blood changes the way God looks at us. When he sees you, he sees you through the blood of the Lamb. He sees you as worthy and not as I am. Amen. Thank God. Amen. How he views you. How, 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 can that, how can it happen? How is that even possible? Because it is the blood of Jesus Christ or God's blood. That's why he wrote in Acts 20, 28. 
Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and all the flock. This is Luke writing to, uh, to the church. Over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. The blood of an animals in the Old Testament was the only thing that could cover sin. The only thing. The blood of Jesus Christ in the New Testament is the only thing that can cure sin. What happened in the Old Testament covered it. What happened in the New Testament, it cured it. Amen. As we said last week, amen. It, it is no longer used against you. The sin that was in our lives, the sin that we committed, what we were born into in this world is no longer held against you when the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your life. Calvary was so powerful that it only had to happen once. Amen. Um, we'll pick up with Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. Uh, it says, And it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto redemption. Uh, if, if we are born once, we will die twice. We will die twice. We'll, there will be a second death. But if you're born twice, you're only going to die once. If you're born again, something eternal is happening in your life. I'm thankful for the new birth experience. Oh, yes, uh, this, there, there may be death uh, from this world. <laughs> Amen. But I'm, I'm, I'm not of this world. You're not uh, taking up residence in this world. This is not your home. You're just passing through. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So if you're born twice, uh, you're really only going to end up dying once. And uh, if you're alive when the rapture takes place, then uh, you won't die at all. <laughs> That'd be pretty powerful in itself, wouldn't it? So Jesus came the first time for all, but he's coming the second time for his church. And uh, I don't know about you, but I just want to be part of his church. I want to be part of who he's arriving for. So that's kind of um, chapter 9, just a quick rundown highlight uh, going through chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 1, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance, again, made of sins every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. The whole point of the Old Testament law was to constantly remind us that it couldn't accomplish anything permanent. It couldn't accomplish anything permanent or perfect. The Old Testament law was not something that could change it permanently or perfectly. It was a shadow of what could. And uh, that's an, a very important point 
to keep in mind, to realize that the church was not plan B. What you're part of tonight, Jesus didn't say, well, I guess I made a big mistake. I'll have to come up with another plan. No, you're not plan B. The church is not plan B in the mind of God. Jesus and the new covenant was prophesied in the Old Testament. Uh, that's, that's why uh, when you read in Psalms chapter 40 and verse 6, it says, Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened, burnt offering, burnt offering, and the sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do, do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. It was a shadow of what was to come. That's why the writer of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 5, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. But a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said, I, lo, I come. You see where he's going back to Psalm 40. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, of O God. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. The whole idea of what's happening, according to the writer of Hebrews, is what the law couldn't do in the sense of the old covenant, the new covenant, was going to accomplish by the which will we uh, are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all once for all every sacrifice was saying I'm coming that's what it's saying when you read through the Old Testament it's pointing Jesus is coming Jesus took away the first covenant not to destroy it but to fulfill it with the second Writer of Matthew uh, writes and says in Matthew 5 and 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law. That's what he says. Or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Everything that was being pointed to, that's what he was coming to do. And what the first couldn't do, the second was able to accomplish. What the old covenant didn't have the power to do, Permanently and perfectly, the new covenant does have the power to do. When he removes sin from your life, that is permanently gone. Thank God for the power of the forgiveness of sin. Amen. How many has experienced that tonight? I thank God for the removal, not, to, not the covering, but the cure for sin. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11 says, And every priest standeth daily ministering and offer, offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth, ex expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, for what by one offering he hath perfected forever. Forever them that are sanctified. Old Testament priests uh, always stood because their work was never finished. Jesus sat down 
because when the cross was accomplished, it was finished. He stated, it is finished. He had completed everything he came to do. Amen. Thank God for the power of the cross of Jesus Christ that he accomplished it perfectly and permanently. The writer of Hebrews tells us. He said, I mean, the priests were standing daily ministering. Uh, and and that, was, uh, that was something that could never take away the sin. You see that in verse 11. But this man, Jesus Christ, he offered one sacrifice, himself. Amen. And sin was taken care of once and for all. Amen. Henceforth, he said, expecting or uh, anticipating till his enemies be made his footstool. Our total victory in Christ is just a matter of time. You say, well, you know, I've given my heart to the Lord, and I'm still having some struggles and some battles, and join the club. We're all in the same boat. But it's just a matter of time until complete victory is at hand. We're in what you call life. Sometimes it's not too enjoyable. Sometimes it has difficult circumstances. Life, it rains on the just and the unjust. It's, it's difficult at times. But remember, it's just a matter of time until complete victory is experienced. He's already won. He's already won. He's already on the winning side. There's nothing more that he has to accomplish. Amen. Your victory is eminent. I mean, it's going to take place. Uh, just hold on. Hold on. He's already won the battle. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. Whereof the Holy Ghost, verse 15, also is a witness to us. For after that he said before, this is the covenant that I will make with him. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of, 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 of these is, there is no more offering for sin. The work of the Holy Ghost does in our, what it does in our heart is a witness that the power of the new covenant is working. The Holy Ghost is more than you just talking in tongues. I'm thankful for the initial evidence of the infilling of His Spirit with talking in a heavenly language. I'm thankful for that. But it's more than that. It's working in your life uh, to produce what the power of the new covenant does. It's a continual process. It's a daily work. It's a it's a, a constant, constant power in your life. It's not a one-time thing. It's not, well, that was a cool event. No, no, no. That's, that's a daily working in your life. Uh, the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, letting it, you be uh, experience uh, the new covenant on a continual basis. Don't take, don't take lightly that, that presence and power that he put into your life. Amen. Where sins and iniquities are remitted, we don't need an Old Testament sacrifice. When you're filled with the Spirit, you've got the sacrifice inside. 
You've got it inside. It's, I'm going to keep saying it until everybody believes it. You've got the power of Jesus Christ on the inside when you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And that comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, amen, will lead and guide you into all truth. Having, verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated to us through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Uh, you see here, uh, boldness, uh, that's, that's a freedom of speech. You can come into the throne room of God and just be honest. Aren't you thankful for that? You don't have to make up something. You don't have to try to pull the wool over God's eyes. That ain't happening. You aren't trying to convince him. Uh, no, no, no. Just come in and say, God, I'm a mess. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a disaster today. I, I need direction, guidance. I, I, I don't know which way to turn. I, I, I need to grow up. Just tell him how. Just be, you can come boldly into his throne room and have free speech. I'm thankful. Amen. God knows already. Uh, uh, just, just allow yourself to come into his presence uh, and, and say, God, this, this, is where, this is where I'm in need. See, the temple veil was torn at the crucifixion to let the priest inside. But Jesus' flesh was torn at the crucifixion so to let us inside. It wasn't just... Uh, that only a certain group of people any longer would have access. No, when Jesus was crucified, you've got immediate access. The, the, the Old Testament high priest visited God's presence once a year. We're invited to dwell in his presence every day. Oh, what, what, a, what a change of, uh, of, of atmosphere. What a change of opportunity. Once a year to, we're, we're invited to dwell, live, inhabit, be in his presence every day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let us hold fast the profession. Verse 23, of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful, that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let us hold fast and not waver in our faith. Look at what the Scripture is saying. Now is not the time to hold on loosely. It's, to, it's the time to hold fast. It's not the time to be wishy-washy in your faith. It's the time to not waver in your faith. This is the hour to hold fast and be firm. Amen. Let us consider and provoke. This is what he says, one another. Incite. 
encourage, uplift, admonish. We're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to do it together. And how do we do that? Well, there's only one way. You got to assemble together. You can't be together if you're not together. Okay, there's a, there's a, 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 a positive completion that happens when we come together. Listen, if you're in the middle of nowhere, I hope you can continue to serve God. Okay? But when you have the opportunity to be with the family of God, why would you not take uh, up on the opportunity to be with God's people? There's strength in the body being together. Uh, if there's ever a time where the importance of being in the house of God and being with the people of God, it's, uh, it's like never before. Amen. I need you, and guess what? You need me. We need each other. We need to be uh, in, the, in, the, uh, uh, in the place of God's presence, in, in the family of God, connected with God's people. We're not here because of perfection. We're here because he's perfect. If you're looking for a perfect church, don't join it. You'll ruin it. We're here because he's perfect. And because he's perfect, we get to come together because what he has done is permanent and perfect. That's the new covenant. He's, a, he, he's produced a better covenant, a better priesthood, a better sacrifice. We've gone through each of these things. And so uh, when you're entering in, and we'll pick up in verse 26. Let's, I guess we'll read it first. For if we sin willfully after that, or after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for or of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Oh, how much more sore punishment, suppose ye, shall be, shall be thought worthy who hath trodden under the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the, done spite, despite unto the Spirit of grace. For we know that he hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Uh, when you see here in verse 26, there's, the verb tense uh, indicates not just one act of sin, but a callous, careless attitude leading to repeated sinful actions. He's, he's, he's not, uh, when, when, when the, the scripture that's being given here to us in verses 26 to 31, it's people who are walking and continually walking over the blood of Jesus Christ, frustrating the grace of God. Listen. Every one of us are going to do wrong. We're all going to make mistakes. But if you'll come back to him at any moment, in any of those failures, in any of those pitfalls, in any of those downtimes, and say, God, there's only one thing I need, and that's you. I've only, I need you, God. Uh, in, in all of those moments, I thank God, amen, that, that uh, under the Old Testament law, there was no sacrifices 
for deliberate, willful sin. But under the New Testament, it was once and for all. His mercy is everlasting. It is as far as the east is from the west. You've heard me talk about it. You can't go far enough east that you start going west. It's as far as the east is from the west. They don't, they don't come together. Amen. You talk about the mercy of God. It's fresh, the Bible says, and new every morning. His mercy endureth forever. His grace is sufficient. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Amen. Under the Old Testament law, there was no sacrifice for deliberate, willful sin. I'm thankful. I'm thankful I don't have to wait every year. And I'm thankful that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth me from all sin. All sin. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Numbers 15, 27 says, And if any soul sin through ignorance, then he shall bring a she-goat of the first year for a sin offering. Verse 30 of chapter 15 of Numbers says, But the soul that doeth ought presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproacheth the Lord. And, and the soul shall be cut off from among his people, because he hath despised the word of the Lord and hath broken his commandment. That soul shall utterly be cut off. His iniquity shall be upon him. That's, that's a desperate. It's talking about willful sinning and deliberate sinning, and there was no sacrifice. That's why King David knew that no amount of sacrifices could save him. All he could offer was the sacrifice of a broken heart. Ask for mercy. That's why he wrote Psalm 51. Verse 16, for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. If there was a way for me to take care of my sin, I would offer. But it's not sacrifice that you're offer, looking for. Or David said, I would give it. Thou delightest not, he said in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God. Thou wilt not despise. Away ahead. Of the new covenant, it was already being pointed to how powerful your heart, broken before God, would be. Oh, thank you, Jesus. When no matter what a sinner has done, no matter how bad the past has been, any person can come to the presence of God with a broken and a contrite heart. And God will not despise. That actually means he will, he will bring close. He will, he will en, en, engulf. He will embrace. He will thank God for a, a, a powerful new covenant that opens up the opportunity, amen, to immediately, no matter how, what, when, how long sin has been, just a repentant heart, in the presence of God, and a person can be forgiven. I, I can't even tell you. 
I can't even explain to you. I can't even comprehend how fully and how powerful that is. Not just for someone who's never known God, but also for someone who's walked away from God. It just comes back to a broken heart. A broken heart. A desire to reach out to God again. A notice of failure and a notice that I can't do it myself. A realization that no matter how hard I try, I can't fix this. That's, that's, that's all it takes is just a realization that I'm weak and he's strong. I can't do it, but he can. Amen. A realization that he is the best, the better covenant. We should thank God every day that we live in the New Testament. We live under the New Testament church. Um, if, the, if the penalties under Old Testament law were so severe for sinning presumptuously, how much more severe is the penalty, penalty for a believer who develops such arrogance against the grace and the love of God that they would continue to sin willfully. The image is severe. You see in this scripture, trampling Jesus and his blood underfoot. The penalty, he says in verse 27, is severe. Judgment and fiery indignation. Only a small percentage of those saved out of Egypt by the blood of the Lamb were ever entered into the promised land. Nearly all of them died in the wilderness because of their rebellion. God is not obligated to us if we choose not to obey his word. Especially, church, in the New Testament. He's not obligated to us if we don't follow his word. What you're seeing here in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 30, he's going back to Deuteronomy chapter 32 and 35, and he's quoting from the Old Testament scripture, and he's amplifying the meaning of that. Deuteronomy 32, 35 says, To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time. For the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. Listen, I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of the, uh, of the world or the people that live around us. I, I, I'm afraid of one thing. The fear of God is what, is what should be what keeps us in awe. Not the world. He's already overcome the world. People can't stop me from serving God. If I make up my mind to serve God, people can't stop me. I mean, none of that stuff is what you and I should be afraid of. There's an awe of a, of a, and a reverence for an almighty God. And that's what should catch our attention. That's what should, I'm not talking about being afraid of God in the sense of not being able to come to him. I'm talking about an awe and a reverence that God is, is your and my judge. I want my life to be clean before him. I want, I want sin to be, to be uh, 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 taken out of my life. 
not held against me. I, 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 want, I want my life to be what he wants it to be. Yeah, so, excuse me, Hebrews 10, 32, but call to remembrance the former days in which ye were illuminated. He endured a great fight of afflictions, partly whilst ye were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion on me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence with hath great repentance of reward, for ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall uh, come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. The writer of Hebrews says, listen, it's not a time to take and sit down and relax from serving God. Don't allow yourself to become complacent or draw back or none of that stuff. He's going to come. He's not going to tarry. He's going to come. Uh, if we draw, we draw back, uh, we will be lost. The word perdition uh, means eternal damnation. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in being eternally saved. I'm interested in spending eternity with him. This is not the hour, church, to draw back in any way. Well, pastor, there's a lot of pressure, or I'm tired, or, oh, no, no. Get yourself a second wind. Drink a spiritual Red Bull. I mean, now's the time to get yourself fully in gear. The coming of the Lord is at hand. Amen. You and I need to be ready no matter what happens. Paul wrote to the Galatian church. Chapter 5, verse 7, ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? What is it that would get us off track? What is it that would cause us to be detoured in our walk with God? People are allowing many things to detour their walk with God. Things like the past and Things like failure, things like what's happening in the world, and the things to be caught up in, the occupying of time and the busyness of society, all those things. But let me tell you, take a priority check, do an evaluation of your life, look it over and say, listen, what is, what is it that's going to last? Because that is all that really matters when it's said and done. And um, if you look at it, uh, when Paul's writing to Galatians in chapter 5, the Jewish religion is, is seen, and our relationship with Jesus is unseen. But it's, it's still better because of the principle of the new covenant. That's why he said, 
he said to Thomas, and he said, Thomas, I, you're, you're blessed because you've believed, because you've seen. But there's going to be all kinds of people that's going to believe and yet did not see. And so here you are tonight. You're, you're here on a Bible study night. Hopefully because you want to be. Um, hopefully no one forced you to come. Hopefully you're here because you want to be and you serve God and you love God and you just want to take in his word and learn from his word and have some, some word fed into your life. And uh, you've assembled together tonight and put yourself in the presence of God. And um, so what's happening is all this scripture that we have read, chapters 9 and 10, leads us up to the faith chapter, which is chapter 11. Um, and the way chapter 11 of Hebrews starts out, it's a very important passage. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You don't see everything, but you still believe, okay, because there's a faith aspect. For by it the elders obtained a good report, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. This is, the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, there's, there's something that you and I have that's got us to this point. That's your faith. This is not, this is not so much a definition of faith what it is, but it's a description of faith, how it works. When it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, it's not just merely a description of what faith is. It's actually a description of how faith works. Not everything are you going to see. But you got to walk with God. He's got you to this point. You got memorial moments in your life that you can go back to. You got, you got times of absolute assurance that what God did in your life was real. Uh, if you look at Webster Dictionary, faith is firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Uh, Warren Wearsby said it this way. True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. In spite of what's happening around you, you've got confident obedience in God's word anyway. Well, don't you know what's taking place in the world? Doesn't change my faith. If anything, it increases my faith. Because the circumstances and the consequences of things that are happening around do not deter my faith. My faith is in the confident obedience to the Word of God. The new covenant is better than the old covenant. Tim Rutledge said, faith is the willingness to look foolish. I don't care what anyone else says, what their comments are, whether I'm liked or disliked. At the end of the day, that's all temporal. I've got my mind set on one thing. 
I'm going to spend eternity with him. I'm going to be with him. Whatever it takes, I'm going to get there. My faith is, amen, more than, than just a, a, a cute little word. Well, what faith are you? I, it's not my, my faith is way more than that. I've got my confident obedience in the word of God. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone of my life. I, I have no doubt in this audience tonight, there's people with their mind already made up. I'm going to heaven. No ands, ifs, buts, or matter. I'm going. Oh, I, I'd like to see every hand raised or something going on there. I know I'm getting quite a few little nods, but because I'll tell you what, the enemy can't handle is someone with a made-up mind that they're going to spend eternity with the Lord. He can't handle that. He has no answer for that. Faith, an acronym for it, forsaking all, I trust him. I trust him. Faith is the substance, the support of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence, the proof of things not seen. Listen, creation teaches us that everything can be seen, that can be seen was made from things that can't be seen. God said, let there be. You can't see that. But then it happened. <laughs> creation teaches us that everything that can be seen was made from things that can't be seen. And God's kingdom still works that way today. You look at someone's life and you say, man, I don't know how that happened. All I know is this is what they used to be and this is what they are now. Miraculous, miracle working power of God. He can take someone that was down and out and turn their life around had no purpose, was hopeless and helpless, uh, and give meaning, uh, hallelujah, and allow their life to become fruitful. Aren't you thankful? It's still happening in 2022. Testimony after testimony of what God can do in a person's life. Oh, just, just to put it in there, December the 28th, that's a Wednesday night. That's testimony night, December the 28th. Come to Bible study. We're having testimony, old-fashioned testimony service. Just thanking God for what he's done in your life. We, 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 can't, ever, we can't ever fall into the trap. Amen. There's things that have happened in people's lives that are impossible to see uh, except for only God. Only God could do what has been done. And so that's the beginning of the rest of chapter 11. We're going to pick up with chapter 11 next week because the rest of the chapter is a demonstration of the faith that people had. And you can read through it. None of them were perfect. Actually, you can look at every one of their lives and see that they were far from perfect. Lots of issues, lots of things that, um, that we would look at and say that, that should actually disqualify, eliminate, that should, that should be 
uh, impossible. But God used impossible situations to allow his power to be seen. That's under the old covenant. Now, let me tell you, if those are examples of what he could do under the old covenant, then there should be testimonies in this room on what he can do under the new covenant. Addictions being delivered and people being set free and the past being removed and, and abuse being healed and, and minds being cleansed. Let me tell you, the powerful working of God is still at work in 2022. Amen. Amen. Believe it with everything within me that God can still transform people's lives now, instantly, permanently, perfectly. Amen. Oh, it doesn't, doesn't mean that we become perfect. We're not there yet. Uh, there will be a time, but it's not happening here. <laughs> Won't be on this earth. But he's, we're aiming in the direction. And uh, the examples, the cloud of witnesses that are given to us from the rest of Hebrews chapter 11 gives us prime example that if they could make it, anyone, anyone could make it. Anyone. Stand tonight if you would. Oh, I thank God for the new covenant. It's better than the old covenant. I thank God for a cleansing, powerful, working God, amen, that's transformed yours and my life. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? Oh, God, I thank you. I praise you, Jesus. I give you glory for what you've done in my life. I thank you, Jesus, for your, uh, your powerful working, Lord, blood that has cleansed my life. I thank you for forgiveness of sin. I thank you for the washing away of sin, the remission of sin. I thank you, Lord, for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, for consecration and dedication and commitment to you. Oh, God, help me to be everything that you want me to be. Help me, Lord, to become who you want me to be. Help me to become what you want me to be. Lord, everybody, Lord, across this congregation listening online or watching tonight, Lord, let it be our prayer. Help us, God, to be everything that you want us to be, God. We want to be everything you want us to be. God, we ask it in your powerful name, the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.